chapter fifteen of the book of love by paolo montegazza this librivox recording is in the public domain love and age two the very first compromise with his own conscience on the part of a pure and enamoured youth when prevented by society from being monogamous is that of decomposing love into sentiment and voluptuousness thus he strives to preserve his heart pure and to erect one temple only while sacrifices are offered to lust on the hundred altars of the wandering venus and still this decomposition of love seems to the most refined and most virtuous lovers a very wise move a miracle of art the ideal of morality coupled with the most urgent needs of a heart and senses and after a few skirmishes and lamentations every one adapts himself to this compromise and tries to make himself as comfortable as possible as though in an uncomfortable carriage in which one must journey for a long time the most considerate the most virtuous lovers however are continually looking forward to the fortunate day when all hypocrisy will be eliminated and physical and moral loves united will give them the right to build a nest in which sentiment and voluptuousness will keep faithful company and in the meantime we just go on between a reticence and a lie the heart to the wife of another the body to the courtesan those young men who adapt themselves too easily to this ignominious and degrading compromise with their conscience are cruelly punished for their crime since they will not know the richest and most splendid treasures of youthful love do not lie do not betray do not seek your love in the mire but in the sky and then abandon your heart and senses to the wave that carries you to paradise inhale all the perfumes pick all the flowers of a garden over which no winter breeze ever blows and where for every petal that falls a hundred new corollas blossom be rich be recklessly rich be gods at least once in your life nature concedes a day of spring even to the most miserable creature and weaves a garland on the head of the lowliest of men remember there is no coffer in which an hour of sunlight can be kept no artifice of chemical science that can preserve a blooming rose the fortunate young man who has not subjected his love to the process of decomposition we have described loves ardently recklessly splendidly his love is a sunny day in may without clouds without chills without sorrows it is a feast where weariness fatigue and delusions are unknown he lives because he loves and he loves because he lives he burns his incense to the goddess but he is chaste and knows very little of lasciviousness he is sometimes so pure as to call a blush on the face of a woman who being in her thirties already loves too knowingly he neither measures nor weighs and who has ever dared to reduce to a mathematical formula the force of a thunderbolt or the kilogrammeters of an earthquake and the loves of a young man are thunderbolt or earthquake a young man is not very jealous he is less so in any case than the adult and the old he is too confident too happy to doubt and besides he has no time his lips are wreathed in a perpetual smile 
a golden ray of sunlight rests on his brow like a halo of bliss there is no to-morrow for him except under the form of a continuation of the happiness of to-day he does not remember the past and in good faith believes himself to have always loved his goddess even when he did not know her he believes in inborn loves as the philosopher of old used to believe in congenital ideas o oh, happy youth if the young man is the most powerful the most ardent lover the adult is the most skilful the use and abuse of life have somewhat dulled his spirit almost extinguished the flames of passion but no excessive impatience no needless timidity no sudden explosions of desire oppose any obstacle to the blissful perfection of his loves he loves with shrewdness with passion with a most subtle art he is a hundred times more libertine than the youth but also more delicate richer in exquisite tastes belonging to the world of thought the youthful lover is a nude and often ferocious savage the adult has become civilized from long experience and is clothed with the blandishments of his art his most spontaneous sympathies are for unripe fruit for the flowers still enclosed within the untouched and thorny calyx of innocence and ignorance but he likes to love the independent woman as well the widow and the matron he is essentially eclectic his joys are scarcer than in the days of youth but they are more precious because rendered more savoury by a certain economy almost verging on avarice he knows that his hours are numbered and follows with a caress every coin he spends before parting with it he bestows upon it a look of affection and regret rich in memories but poor in hope he concentrates all his cares patience and attention on the present he is the ablest the wisest master of love and when health and freshness of heart do not desert him he can awaken ardent and lasting passions and preserve them for a long time woman much less than man is bent on inquiring about white hair and birth certificates and if she only feels that she is loved deeply and ardently she willingly forgets half a score of years and more of the age of her companion in the love of the adult man for the young woman one feels always a benevolent and sympathetic protection an almost paternal affection full of tenderness and generous impulses this characteristic tends to deprive mature love of some of the warmest and most voluptuous expansions to cool down the volcanic explosions of youthful love but the paternal affection which might easily tend to become authority and eliminate the perfect equality between the two lovers is tempered in adult man by a deep and hidden mistrust of himself the young man asks for love on his knees but knows that he is legitimately entitled to it and often from the humble position of a beggar of alms prostrated in the dust he leaps to his feet demanding with the force of beauty genius passion that which he could not obtain by humility a mature man on the contrary has lost many rights and his requests are made with greater constraint with a reserve full of grace and delicacy he often implores with a tenderness so ardent and a tone so supplicatory that it is difficult to answer with a refusal the continual alternation of an authority that teaches and an authority that implores gives the adult love the most characteristic hue the most conspicuous mark and when poor nature medicated by art has succeeded in attaining love the precious affection firmly fixes itself on it and thrusts its roots into the deepest recesses of the heart the adult has tenacious passions and none is more faithful in love than he often conditions being equal he is the best husband 
and not only through egotism does the bridegroom seek a bride a few years younger than himself man grows old later than woman and two ignorant and very young people seldom wed without exposing themselves to the most serious dangers the woman of thirty also loves with modesty with deep tenderness with religious fidelity with avaricious sagacity the man who is growing old is the trunk of a tree on which every day a branch withers and from which every gust of wind detaches a handful of yellow leaves when the entire tree is dead then upon the ruins of love rises an implacable hatred for those who love and are loved the cruel domestic inquisitions and a posthumous ridiculous ostentation of forced continence or mummified modesty will then poison the existence of the intolerant old man who avenges himself upon the young people for his misfortune in not being longer able to love it is an inexorable law which condemns those old men to mystic and wrathful meditations because in all times and in all countries the last spark of lust serves to light the bilious taper on the altar of superstition most unfortunate is the poor young girl who must have as a confidant of her first loves an irascible and bigoted old woman to whom love is a synonym of lechery and affection of sin less monstrous and less cruel is the deformity of a chinese foot than the contortions which a youthful love must undergo in the hooked and yellow clutches of intolerant bigotry man however is a tree so robust and vigorous that it rarely dies all at once and in the old man there often remains flourishing the only branch of lust it is then that the economy of the adult turns into real avarice lust becomes lasciviousness and love assumes unheard-of forms worthy of tiberius and caligula the lust of the old man warmed by the stifling atmosphere of vice is like a mushroom produced by the fetid artifices of horticulture and bears fruits which give out in the distance the stench of the manure in which they were raised nor can the name of love be given to those lusts but they should be given that of erotic mercature of prostitution of innocence to the calculus of probability of life or to the expectation of an inheritance and yet some powerful lovers maintain ghosts of desire until their extreme decrepitude and, and like eels go on rubbing their frothy paunches in the hot mire of the lowest social strata to their last breath with their ossified hands they strip of leaves the rose bushes and purchase at fabulous prices and i love you icier than snow more deceitful than tartuffe the man of high type too can love until old age but then lust being spent every right of conquest having been abandoned love soars to the highest spheres of the ideal world and becomes a sublime contemplation of feminine beauty whether before the maiden and heroic greatness of joan of arc or the startling sensuality of the statue of Frina by bazaghi hearing the lively prattling of a girl of fourteen or at the sight of a calm and plump matron even a venerable old man without any offence in words or acts feels moved and perhaps under the childlike or compassionate caresses of a woman his eyes will fill with tears and if he is a believer he will invoke the benedictions of heaven on the most beautiful half of the human family if even the old man can love a young woman the old woman also can love a young man but their love should be a serene contemplation of the beautiful a suave remembrance of joys possessed for a long time and ardent aspirations for an ideal which is ever loved because it is never attained 
even the white-haired old man can without offending the modesty of her who cannot be his any more caress with paternal affection the curls of eve adore in her the most splendid manifestation of the aesthetic forces of nature warm as cold imagination again at the ardent fire of others loves and without envy and without regrets but with sweet satisfaction he can say i too have done my duty do yours now i too have loved without sowing the seeds of remorse for my old age try you and follow my example End of chapter fifteen